My name is Christopher Peter and welcome to the Christopher Peter Review, your source for common sense commentary centered on facts, evidence, and data. For the new viewers in the audience, the Christopher Peter Review markets original podcasts discussing salient current events, focusing on ones that impact our public policy, national economic outcomes, and overall society. In this podcast episode, The Olive Branch, I will lead a discussion on how to bridge the divide in our society and why it is important. Additionally, I will bring in the CRC team to discuss recent current events in a week where there are plenty to talk about. So let us begin this special edition of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. I frequently hear people talk about how America needs to return to the feeling we had on September 12th, where Americans set aside our political, ideological, cultural, and other demographic differences to come together following the horrific events of September 11. Arguably our most united moment since Pearl Harbor. We should hope that we do not always need tragedy for us to remember what we have in common rather than obsessing over our differences. Our great American society continues to remain divided with no real hope in sight. A division that continues into a third presidential administration, which is only doing its best to cement the divide to the point of no return. I fear that Brad might be spot on in his remark that we may never have another president in America capable of uniting society. The direction our politics is heading might not make it possible for any candidate to garner real support across ideological spectrums. Especially hard when each side views the other as an existential threat to our democracy, our way of life, or our existence on this earth. For instance, our current sitting president continues to use divisive and inflammatory dialogue when not only talking about his predecessor, but for those who voted for him in speeches that his handlers claim would be unifying messages to the nation. A real leader in this situation would extend an olive branch of hope towards political opponents and more importantly the opponents' voting base to bridge the gap. In democracy, election victories are not the end of the debate, just a moment in the timeline. The prevailing candidate who is elected to office has the responsibility to lead in a manner respectful of the entire constituency, but the same responsibility does not apply to voters. There is no obligation for voters to abandon their principles and embrace ones that barely cross the finish line. So, The elected officials will do themselves a major favor by shaping their policies in manners that are respectful to a broader population of their constituency than just those who vote for them. There is a cost of division and we are seeing it play out. We see families divided by politics. We see neighborhoods torn by who voted for whom. We see businesses not wanting to serve people that support policies that differ from their worldview. For instance, I recently saw a small business have a political sign with a fabricated message meant to show support for pro-choice placed on its window where a passerby questioned the validity of the sign's content. The store owner was asked a simple question by the passerby of how living in a blue state has your access to abortion changed? Which was met with the clear inability to respond and the expected liberal anger. The passerby continued on his way with his wife taking pictures around the city. He was not confrontational with the owner or snarky or any of the sort just asked out of the blue. Did not seem like the type from the far right or someone that meant to cause any trouble. And no I was not the person. I am much younger than he was. In reality, the shop owner, who did not sell politically related material, would probably be smarter to separate business from politics. Many liberals are shocked when they realize that people do not see the world the same way and that people have their own views and decisions that vary. Most intelligent marketers realize that it is best to avoid wedge issues. Especially if you are not in a business that concerns the particular issue. Ideally, business owners should be smart enough to realize that a paying customer is a paying customer regardless of their demographics or political views. But, in our divisive world, some people feel like they need to reinforce their ecosystem or echo chambers by avoiding interactions with people who think, behave, 
pray, eat, or vote differently with them. From what I read, watch, and experience, I am not really confident that there is a solution in the near future. In my humble opinion, I believe we need to see a candidate or political party extend that olive branch by running on platforms that are broader than their respective bases' political quips. Many Republicans focus on economic and national security messaging because they are better at those issues than Democrats. Democrats focus on social issues and programs because they believe people like their ideas. In reality, we have not really had a candidate on either side lately who balanced the need to have a free market capitalist economy and connected it to how it will help reduce poverty, fund new ideas on sustainable energy, and the importance of protecting our society, our borders, and our communities. Too many of our candidates are so myopic to some degree that they are not able to elevate our discussions. Neither Republicans nor Democrats have all the answers or own a monopoly on political extremism to some degree. We must be able to see things for what they are, not how they tell us to see things. We must be able to stop defending the same behaviors on both sides or trying to prove one is worse than the other. Both sides have people who wrongly question the legitimacy of a presidential election. Both sides saw their supporters go too far in protesting at points. Instead of arguing which is worse. We need to say all is wrong and no longer acceptable in our politics. The moral equivalence and situational ethics will keep society in the swamp. We need to stop political cheerleading and start to realize that we need to be the driving force behind elevating our politics. We have more in common than our differences. We cannot continue to let politicians lie and say otherwise. We need to be the olive branch that makes our candidates once again campaign with a broader view than just their ideological constructs. America is at its best when we are united. When we come together to solve our problems rationally. Our debates, negotiations, and compromises can help keep the fringe ideas from becoming realities. But that is not possible when groups in America feel like they should govern exclusively from others. This is not how America is supposed to operate and not how a true democracy works. Democracy should not be a buzzword but a true guiding foundational principle. Now, let us bring in Jennifer and the CRC team. Jennifer, do you believe that if either side offered any form of an olive branch would the other side respond positively? Or are we just headed down this path of division for some time? My name is Jennifer Smith and welcome to our podcast. I am not sure there are any conservatives or progressives sitting around waiting for an olive branch from the other side. Many on each side focus more on proving their opponents wrong. It is one thing for a media personality, a blogger, a podcaster, or even a party member to make divisive statements. But, the head of state should be more considerate of how they phrase campaign speeches. Especially when those political campaign speeches are being done under the guise of an address to the nation. In our current environment, there will be questions regarding the sincerity of the effort. Right? While we are growing more divided along political, racial, and moral lines, we are also generally more skeptical and acrimonious towards those we regard as being political opponents. Also, I am not sure the division in our society is truly of great concern for most people. Or consistently a concern in our society. The media only will consider it an issue when there is a Republican in the White House. If you listen to the general narrative from many media personalities, America was a great United Nation until the former President Donald Trump was elected. But, in reality, our division existed far before he ever came down that escalator to announce his candidacy. Former President Barack Obama came into office with the mindset that the federal government can be operated exclusively by one political party without the normal negotiation and compromises required by our legislative tradition. Rather, he viewed political opponents as unnecessary obstacles in the way of his agenda. But, 
a convenient projection point to blame for his failed policies that brought Trump to power. Unfortunately for America, this precedent extended into our general society, where we no longer viewed each other as fellow citizens, but by our demographics and perceived ideological positions. This is really the third administration that operated under that unfortunate precedent. It will take a truly unifying person, willing to set aside the partisan bias, which might harm the extent of their power. Not sure either side has a person like that in the pipeline. Next question is for Brad. If the red wave does occur in November, do you expect Joe Biden to try to lower the temperature by extending that olive branch, even if he does not believe it is in his best interest politically? My name is Brad and welcome. I do not see that happening. I think historically we can trace our partisan divide to the Obama era simply because that was the remarkable period in American history where a president realized that he could try to leverage majorities in Congress to exclusively control the ongoings of the federal government. Past traditions required negotiations over wording, amendments, and pork. Not during this time period. To some degree, this precedent continued into the Trump era, but he found it useful at times to at least conference with Democrats on some issues. But Biden seems to be more partisan than Obama, who famously said when losing Congress that he still had his pen and paper. I think we assume that Biden would follow suit and will govern through executive order. If he truly had a concern over the state of our democracy or the health of our society, he would extend that olive branch and find common ground. But there is nothing over the last two years that makes us believe that this will actually happen. He appears to see political opponents in the same manner that Putin does. A threat to his power may seem extreme on face value, but no other presidential administration took the unprecedented measures against their predecessor and potential future opponent, which they are doing everything they can to make sure that does not happen. There is no denying that Joe Biden is showing a great level of political hatred for his predecessor and that he is going well beyond the acceptable norms. The same voices who claimed investigating Hillary Clinton over possessing classified material she was never allowed to have, hold a completely opposite view for a former president, where former presidents do get classified material. Adriana, if we never get past this political division, do you foresee that our elected officials will continue their hatred for the other side as a convenient cover for their lack of performance in government? Adriana here and welcome to our podcast. Former President Barack Obama warned against the politics of fear, anger, resentment, and hate. Many people thought he was warning against Trump. But, he might have been warning his own Democrat Party as well. I do not think the divisive approach used by Joe Biden is appealing to anyone other than French Democrats who hold a strong hatred for Donald Trump. While it appears some congressional leaders question why Americans are not really as interested in the Capitol riot narratives as they assumed they would be, the rest of society mostly views the event as a condemnable act, but one that seems like people went too far rather than an attack on our democracy. Also, the Democrats already established their hatred for Donald Trump, so you cannot separate that known fact from what you see from them. We knew they would use investigations as a political tool and now it seems to be a tool to try to preclude him from future ballots. On face value, there is a level of concern if a president, regardless of political party, does not properly handle classified documents. But the more we find out, it seems like the search was unnecessary. Remember these are the same people that said federal investigations on political opponents were against our democracy. They seem obsessed with maintaining this narrative about our democracy being under attack, when we saw our rights and freedoms under greater risk during their watch. The whole Biden administration does not give you any comfort that they operate with the best interest of the people in mind, 
but their own grip on power and interest. They were not honest about inflation, their mishandling of the pandemic, and every failure that existed during their reign. Trump is indeed living rent-free in Biden's head. Biden thinks taking pot shots at his predecessors will make people forget about money lost to inflation, investments decreasing in value, Americans left behind in Afghanistan and the growing violence of their communities. Trump is a convenient distraction from the failures that Democrats continue to provide Americans. The hope is that we do not see a pendulum effect where each side tries to out-hate the other. Finally, Jose, from an economic perspective, can America continue down this divisive path for much longer? Is this division starting to seep into everyday life? My name is Jose and welcome to the podcast. In addition to your example above, I do think there are more people who let their political biases and leanings influence who they are willing to do business with or engage with socially. I do think some organizations are going too far to appeal to fringe political groups rather than taking the actual inclusive approach of being apolitical and serving all customers who can reasonably afford their products and services with equitable quality and care. I think many people have to take a step back and realize that many of our biases are fully exaggerated claims by those in the media or political actors. When you take a step back or actually talk to people from different ideological positions than you, you find out that there are a lot of similarities between each side. Everyone wants opportunity, safety, freedom, a growing economy, and a society that values its citizens. America needs to compartmentalize our politics and our business interests. But, many people do not want to engage in conversations. For instance, progressives only want to engage if you come over to their line of thinking. They claim conservatives are close-minded, despite them being the ones that call for censorship and safe spaces and echo chambers. We all need to be able to elevate our national discussions by having discussions, meaning the exchange of ideas and information, not insulting and attacking people you disagree with. I am not hopeful that America will wake up to the need to abandon our divisive ways. The chances of either side taking the high road is less than purchasing the winning Powerball ticket. Like any conflict or disagreement, there is a need for one side to take the high road, but there is a risk that the olive branch will be misconstrued as weakness. Instead, the risks and stakes only grow higher. Tensions grow stronger and opportunities lost. In our own worlds, we see disagreements linger between family, friends, co-workers, and neighbors. Each side expects the other to succumb to their point of view. Their way of thinking. Neither side attempts to be the bigger person or tries to facilitate a solution or a path forward. What they needed was one side to offer an olive branch. Who cares who was right, wrong, or at fault if what really matters is keeping each other in your lives. America is better when we realize that neither side is an existential threat to our way of life. America is better when we realize that our debates only make the solutions better if we can once again embrace bipartisanship. America is better when our leaders see all Americans as people, not just their base and supporters. America is better when people see beyond our differences and find common ground to reconstruct our great society. As we close this episode, I thank Jennifer, Brad, Adriana, and Jose for your contributions. I also thank the audience for taking the time to experience this edition of the Christopher Peter Review Podcast. We truly appreciate your viewership and continue to collaborate to ensure we offer common sense and informative content. The Christopher Peter Review features not only this podcast, but feature commentary from Christopher Peter and news coverage via yours truly. 
please continue to visit the Christopher Peter Review channel at www.crcrvw.com daily for new podcast episodes, commentary, news coverage, and curated news content as well. Our focus is always providing objective common sense analytical content centered on facts, evidence, and data. We leave the partisanship and political hysteria to other sources. Thank you once again for experiencing this podcast episode and we will see you next time.